welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast featuring women who go against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. They are warriors who've gained respect by taking the reins and moving forward, creating progressive change in a male-dominated arena. These women have inspiring stories to tell filled with real-life joy, passion, blood, sweat, and tears. Hey, 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 this is Evolve Women's MMA, and I'm your host, Shelley Devine. Hey, so this week's guest is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and an accomplished striker. She began her martial arts career very early on at the age of seven years old under the tutelage of Guy Mesner, who is a former UFC fighter and I think champ. Um, she started, uh, she had her first boxing match at 16, her first kickboxing match at 17, and she has an amateur record of 3-0. and and for her professional debut, she won her bout against, uh, I think it was Roxanne Cesar. And she more recently had her Invicta FC debut as a featherweight fighter. And actually, kind of, it came to a draw, but it came to a draw because she lost a point. So, um, due to a headbutt. So, I'm kind of wondering what she was thinking about doing that headbutt. I want to get to the bottom of that. I'd like to welcome Audrey Wolf. You feeling a little better there? Oh, getting there. Oh, wow. Do you have like a, the flu or something? I think just like a sinus infection. Oh, no. Really? Do you yeah. think it's just from the letdown of the fight recently? Do you kind of think it's just kind of, you know, the stress of a fight and getting punched or whatever? <laughs> Maybe. Wow. I get sick after fights, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think sometimes if um, I can remember back in the day, they would say to me when I was doing my fight training, like, you you know, if you got choked a little bit or something, um, you would get a cold afterwards or a yeah. sore throat. And I, I felt like it, whenever somebody had like a really good choke on me, I would get like some sort of like cold or sore throat or so i don't know maybe it's just a little bit of that it was pretty intense your fight it was it was it was it was quite excellent it's not the outcome i hoped for but thanks yeah um so inquiring minds want to know what were you thinking with the headbutt <laughs> at that time at that moment in that moment I think it, I wasn't thinking. I mean, she was controlling my head, controlling my posture. I wanted my head free. I think it was reaction and instinctual. It wasn't. Yeah. There was no thought behind it. <laughs> yeah. It was an awesome move. We were like, wow. <laughs> I remember when I, when I was watching, I was like, damn. I'm like, she actually just freaking headbutted the girl. And we haven't seen that. I mean, I'm, I mean I've watched, you know, the MMA for a long time so you used to kind of see stuff like that back in the day you don't see it so much now and uh, I didn't I mean I didn't really actually know that it was against the rules you know until they they of course pointed it out and it makes sense that it would be against the rules nowadays but um, yeah. yeah it was pretty uh, it was pretty uh, you, you're memorable for that one you're gonna be very memorable dangerous woman or something else but you know <laughs> so i'd like to welcome to the show audrey wolf so awesome so awesome to have you here i mean i know it wasn't you know your invicta debut wasn't uh the way you wanted it to go but it was an awesome fight and you know you did lose a point during the match for for that headbutt but um you put on a great show well thank you thank you yeah so, um, what, what's, uh, next for you? Have, uh, they said, have they given any inclination for another fight for you in the recent, in, in, they haven't, I hope to stay active. I mean, they did offer me a four fight contract. They said oh. they usually don't put people on back to back shows. So I don't think I'm going to get to be on the November one mm -hmm. an exclusive deal. So I can fight for other organizations. So I'm hoping to get back out there as quickly as I can. Nice. And uh, I noticed um, your coach, who is Guy Mesner, are, are you guys related or something? No. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. You just you just went to his gym. Your mom actually got you into his gym, and you've been training with him for a long time, like twenty three years or something, right? Yeah, twenty seven, I think. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So he's coached you. I mean, through all of your your previous fights, your boxing, your kickboxing fights, has he been your coach all the all these years? Um, I mean, certainly one of them. I, so I started with him when I was seven, started competing in karate and like uh, karate tournaments. Then mm-hmm. um, I did my first boxing fight when I was 16, first kickboxing fight at 17. Um, he certainly coached me for the kickboxing. Uh, for the boxing, we've usually had another coach that I've worked with. Um, David Douglas is the other one that was in my corner, and he's um, more of my boxing coach, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a jiu-jitsu coach that I train with as well. So, um, But yeah, guys, I've been with Guy you know, most of my life. And, um, he's certainly been, you know, the one that has directed me to do these things and, um, has coached me a lot. Uh, has he been an influence in, in your, you know, like, um, I mean, I know as a coach, but how has he influenced you? Like, I know you work at his gym, but has he influenced that too? Or is it something that you just innately, once you decided you want to do, you know, martial arts that you're like, I want this as a career path or how did it, how did he influence you to become kind of, um, you know, uh, a manager in, in, in his gym, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I started in the martial arts program and I mean, to be able to test for your black belt under him, you have to have a certain amount of hours teaching. So I started teaching, you know, when I was really a kid myself, um, and enjoyed it. And, um, you know, moved away when I was in college for a little bit, but then ended up coming back to the Dallas area to finish up school and was working for him while I was in school. And uh, when I was getting ready to graduate, he was like, you're not going to leave me when you graduate, are you? And I was like, get me health insurance. And I won't. Uh, (laughs) I started working for him full time. So I went and got a biology degree that I don't use at all. Um, And, you know, I teach for him. I manage for him. Uh, run the gym. Uh, yeah, I'm up there full time. Work up there seven days a week. So, uh, I mean, guy's an incredible person. He's an incredible instructor. He's an incredible. Um, he's an incredible man, and he certainly has motivated me uh, to want to be, you know, involved in martial arts. To want to give back to the community. To want to teach, and you know, and pass on what I can. Um, and yeah, I work alongside him every day. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you have like a former, you know, UFC, he's a champion, I think. Did he have the, he had the belt at some point, I think. <laughs> and, and to have that in your corner, you know, at, you know, going into your MMA career, um, that must have been kind of, you know, wow, I got a solid foundation here, especially with all your years of, of training. I mean, you tried out for the Olympics, you, you have a boxing boxing background and you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. I mean, that's serious business. Most of the women that are now competing don't have the longevity. This is something I'm noticing now. They don't have the longevity in their, their martial arts training that, that you have. And I wouldn't mind, you know, if you went into it a little bit more of, you know, what it was like growing up and training you know the desire that you had to actually start training how did you direct like what it, what was the real interest when you first got involved in martial arts was it boxing was it ground stuff or was it you know kickboxing uh, or karate <laughs> um, I, actually so i have an older sister and then my older cousin actually lived with my parents and so when I was young, my older cousin, she came back in from college and she took my sister and I to lunch. And she was like, you know, Jessica, Jessica's my sister, Jessica, what are you doing? And my sister was like, oh, I'm doing, you know, horseback riding and swimming and tennis. And she was like, Audrey, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I want to do karate, but mom won't let me. So I'm not doing anything. Um, and so Lisa actually went and guilted my mom and was like, Jessica gets to do everything and Audrey doesn't get to do anything. And you have to let Audrey do karate. And my mom um, certainly, I don't think was, I don't know, didn't think her little girl should be doing karate, first of all. And then second of all, didn't think I would stick with it like I did, I'll say that. Um, So I started in martial arts, yeah, when I was seven. And then I did um, a lot of karate tournaments. So I have a black belt under guy in Chen Duquan, which is 
Um, most of the people that we trained under went into kickboxing, did a lot of kickboxing, um, mainly like the full contact rules kickboxing, so it's like above the waist. Um, and then, you know, I was at his gym uh, full time and we had, you know, by that time he had started incorporating, you know, other disciplines, getting other instructors in there. And so we we're going to do a team for Golden Gloves. And so that was coming around and it was, I'd gotten my black belt from him and he was like, you should really do the golden gloves team this year, you know, work on your boxing. I was like, okay, sure. And so I did um, golden gloves the first time, I think I was a junior in high school and my mom, again, <laughs> it golden gloves in Dallas, it was at uh, fair park, which is not necessarily the nicest part of town. And, um, my parents had me at a really nice college prep school. So it was time to go to Golden Gloves and we go to Fair Park and we walk in and there's like this huge sign up above and it says Dallas Golden Gloves sponsored by Cowboy Bail Bondsman. <laughs> my mom was like, oh my God, do you think you belong with these people? I was like, oh. She must have been flipping out. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas, you know, my dad, um, the joke of my family was always that I was the son my dad never had. My dad was a Navy SEAL. He was um, a Vietnam vet. He's, you know, uh, uh, he really enjoyed everything that I did. And so he, you know, he was cheering me on. He's like, oh, Mimi, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. He was trying to wrangle my mom in, um, but was certainly more supportive of what I was doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I then ended up doing kickboxing when I was in college. I didn't really train as much, honestly. Um, and then when they announced that they were adding women's boxing to the Olympics, you know, by that time I had graduated and when I was in college, I would do like golden gloves once a year. Um, but then they said they were adding women's boxing to the Olympics and I'd always, you know, been pretty successful at boxing. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, you know, what I started focusing the most on, I would say, and, you know, traveling all over to compete, to get those fights. Um, and yeah, I don't, <laughs> I that's mean, awesome. I would say I've certainly, I mean, I've always enjoyed it. So it's not, okay. um, I mean, it's kind of, it, yes, it's how I grew up and it's what, but it, at the same time, you know, it's people say like, how can you stay training that long? How can you, well, because I like it, because I want to do it. It's not something that I felt I had to do. It's just something mm -hmm. that I truly enjoyed doing. Mm. So how do you feel like, you know, when you were at that age, you know, like seven years old and you're bugging your mom, I want to try karate or I want to try, you know, some sort of martial arts training. You know, did you see something on TV? Like, you know, for boys, it was like they saw, you know, Bruce Lee, like in his, in certain movies, was there something that you saw on TV that inspired you or? Um, I, I have no idea. So my mom actually, she finally caved and she took me to wherever. Um, and I was, I was actually like three when I first, three or four when I first started. And then um, my dad had an oil and gas company and his partner died. So he ended up moving to Marshall, Texas. And when she told me when we got to Marshall that there was no karate in Marshall. I couldn't keep taking karate and then um when we moved back my godmother had actually started training with Guy Mesger and she had gotten her kids were training and um she got a bunch of the moms to do like a self-defense class and so she got my mom to go in and do the self-defense class and I was up there one day and I was like oh my gosh well I want to take karate with Guy now and my mom's like we already tried karate we're done with that and I'm like no no I want to do it with Guy um and guy always jokes that my mom was like the first person to fail his self-defense class <laughs> <laughs> my mom has like there's not a competitive bone in her body so you know she would be in the self and you know guy had the long ponytail at the time and yeah. so you know like guy you know guy would be like okay if someone does this you're gonna pull my hair and she's like but i don't want to pull your hair and he's like okay you're gonna put your fingers in their eye and she's like you know, you're going to blind them. And my mom was like, permanently? <laughs> like, Mimi, they're trying to rape you. You don't care. She's like, I do care. I do care. So, um, oh, my I mom. didn't get that from my mom, but. 
I guess you got all your dad's kind of like, you know, his, if he was a Navy SEAL, you got kind of his um, characteristics, you know, like those cookie cutter archetypal characteristics of the fighter and, and warrior and that sort of stuff. Wow. It just seems so interesting to me as a young child that you kind of innately knew that you wanted to go down that road of, of, you know, martial arts, you know? Yeah, I have no idea, really. Very cool. <laughs> I'm thankful that my mom did end up, you know, training with Guy, and that I did end up at a good place that, you know, gave me the opportunity to really expand what I was doing and to train in all the different disciplines. Yeah, it's really cool that, um, you know, um, to recognize that in a young girl. I mean, we're typically, and you were um, very adamant about what you wanted to do, so that's kind of, you know, you, you were persistent. And, and asking your parents, I want to do this. And when your dad supported you, so that's really cool. But for, you know, other people that are out there, at least nowadays, there's women that are um, in the martial arts, so you see it. But back, you know, probably when you were coming up, you didn't see this, this sport opening that you could actually have a career in it. You know, you don't see the whole path of where it could take women. It was only maybe for guys or boxers or something. It really, you know, has opened up a lot in the last 20 years. But um, it's fascinating to me to see um, a young woman, well, a girl, and has progressed into it as a woman, and there's a career path now for you. I mean, in your, you're in it. What did you go to college for? Biology. Biology. Interesting. Why, why, why biology, just out of curiosity? Um, I wanted to go to PT school. I wanted to go to physical therapy school. So um, I started off with a kinesiology major, um, mm -hmm. which you know I think is a lot more in line with what I do. Mm -hmm. um, but then to be able to apply to PT school, I'd have to have so many hours of biology and chemistry that I ended up changing um, my major to biology and my minor to chemistry. Um, which makes sense for what you do as a profession right now, too, in line with that for future stuff too if you're working with fighters later on in in your life or or even your own your own you know challenges with with fighting and and uh whatever recovery you have to do you know during the the times of training and the heart the hardcoreness of it and actually understanding what your body needs to recover so that's really cool wow wow very accomplished woman well thank you yeah I know when I read your, your um, intake, like, uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is really kind of cool that you have um, an entrepreneurial uh, side of you, too. You were interested in, in um, business yeah. and, and having your own business in, in a male-dominated kind of arena, meaning, you know, in, in martial arts. Are you looking to do something like that or... Um, I mean, really, I, I mean, I run Guy's Gym, so I do everything there. I teach the classes, I manage the gym. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably partnering with him and opening another, I mean, other locations under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. Is this still under Ken Shamrock's? Um, or is it just stri it's strictly Guy's? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Wow. Ken came in and trained with us for his last fight that didn't go so well. But I mean, he and Guy are so good friends, but yeah, it's just guys under guys' name. Yeah, very neat. Um, so you made um, a statement in, in the intake form. You, you mentioned um, martial arts is for everyone. Absolutely. And yeah, I, agree with, I agree with you too. And even for your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Even though over the years, I don't, I don't know. It might be for everyone but my mom. But uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I truly think the world would be a better place if everyone trained in some kind of martial arts. And um, you know, it's, I think I've seen it's helped me so much of my life, and I know it, I've seen it help so many people in their lives. Um, and I, I mean, my favorite thing that I do is to teach and. Um, and I have clients that are, you know, little girls and little boys. Of course, the girls, you know, have a soft spot for me. But, you know, I have clients that are five years old. I, I have a woman who's, you know, in her later 60s that comes in and trains with me, mm -hmm. you know, who has arthritis, who's, you know, absolutely limited in what she's able to do, but still comes in and, you know, boxes. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, I think it's empowering. And I think that 
there's so many benefits that people, I, I wish people would look into it. I think the world would be a better place. Yeah, but there probably wouldn't be as much war and, and conflict in, in other countries or other parts of the places of the world because I think you get to an appreciation. My, my own thinking is um, I've gotten to a point where I wouldn't want to fight. You know, I know how to defend myself. I know how to be offensive. But if push came to shove, if I had an encounter, say, out on the street or whatever, I, I have confidence in, in a way that I didn't have prior to martial arts and, or my martial arts training. So it definitely builds a, a strong sense of character in ways that say even like say yoga, which has a spiritual connotation, um, does not because you get to interact with people. You're interacting physically with, another, with an opponent or another person with um, martial arts types of training. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, I think it's hard to be mad at the end of the day. If you get to go and beat a bag or throw someone around or choke someone out, like it's, yeah. it's hard to hold on to too much anger after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the things you did mention too was about managing your emotions. You're really kind of, um, you, you kind of have that down where you don't get mad. And I think that's, that's a real key factor in martial arts training because most people react out of, you know, an impulse, an emotional impulse, instead of really kind of controlling their reactions to things or their emotions. I mean, I think you have to, to be able to fight in martial arts. You can't, you know, people are going to talk a lot of trash and you can't let that, you know, get in your mind. People are going to, you know, people ask all the time, like, how do you go in there and hit someone in the face? Like, do you hate them? Are you mad at them? And it's, you know, no, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. It's, mm -hmm. I appreciate the sport of it. I appreciate the, you know, the what getting to put into motion the things that I've trained to do. Um, and you can't, you know, if you don't have a calm, rational mind about you, you can't exactly, you know, use the tools that you've been trained to do. Yeah. What did you say to Holly um, Salazar after the headbutt, like towards the end of the, like, I guess at, after the fight was done and you guys got the draw and everything, I, I thought you went over and said something to her. What did you say? I mean, I said, I'm so sorry. And it wasn't yeah. intentional. And I, you know, I hope you know that I, you know, wasn't trying to, I mean, I wasn't trying to do something illegal and I wasn't trying, you know, that's, I I hold myself to a higher standard than that, and right. uh, I apologize. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, I knew when watching it, it was it was an instinctual thing, but I just wanted to hear like what what did you feel like? What was going on there? Like what happened? Like where you just kind of, you know, you you it's it's a survival kind of thing. I was like, wow, and and then it it, it just shows a side of you too. Did you did you find that you wow? I got this side of myself that I will go out like at any like I'll do anything to kind of you know be did it, like a survival thing come in did you feel like or that impulse you don't even know yeah yeah it's very in, to me I, I know I won't make the mistake again <laughs> yeah yeah it was a great fight but anyways we'll move on um so you tried out for tough 28 for the and um, I know some of the other women that I've interviewed had mentioned, you know, you had tried out. They said they really liked you. They thought you were great. Uh, you looked really good in the tryouts. Um, but there you got chance to meet Caitlin Young. Yeah. And, and that actually interaction probably got you into um, Invicta, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How did, um, how did that go, like with uh, Caitlin? Um, so my last name was Drew. I just got married in April and, um, I was in a, you know, Guy Mesker rash guard that said Drew on the back and Caitlin came up to me and she was like, does your first name happen to be Audrey? And I was like, yes, <laughs> who are you? And she was like, oh, she was like, no, I've been watching you for a while. She was like, I'm the matchmaker for Invicta and I've been thinking about signing you and she was like, I've been watching your fights. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, you know, so I introduced myself. It was so nice to meet her. Mm. Um, she was trying out for the Ultimate Fighter too. Yeah. And, um, so then she reached out to me after the tryouts 
and um, yeah, I ended up staying with Invicta. So. Very cool. So you're just kind of on this little path right now of um, we'll see where it goes. And it looks like they've kind of developed the, they're starting to develop the featherweight division in Invecta uh, more so instead of, I'd say, the, the UFC. Because, I mean, they kind of, tough, they signed a lot of bantamweights, which, I mean, we've been, we, we've been rehashing for a lot, you know, on this, on this particular podcast because we really want to see a featherweight division grow. And um, I'm sure you have your sights on, you know, getting the title. Um, who do you see as your biggest competition now if you're looking at the featherweight division and looking at the fighters in that division? Um, who do you think is going to be your, your biggest competition um, in that division to get to the title? Well, I mean, so they announced that they have Felicia Spencer and Pam Sorensen fighting for the title. Um, I think Pam will win that handedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like Pam a lot. I got to meet her at the Ultimate Fighter Trial. She's mm-hmm. certainly someone I've watched. Um, and Invicta, I've, you know, I've been a fan of Invicta for a long time. I think she is probably the most um, dominant one in that division right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd also, But then I think the cool thing too is I know Invicta signed some of the other girls that were at the Tough Trials. So they signed um, Zara, yep. Zara. Um, who I think is going to be an awesome, awesome addition. Yeah. So at least someone was paying attention to some of the tough and awesome featherweights that were uh, out there. It wasn't UFC, but uh, <laughs> well, I think it was Caitlin. You know, like think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think she definitely was because she knew. Like she's like, let's 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 get this going, and she's part of. She'll be part of that because I think she's she's fighting Zara. I think sometime soon. I on some card. I thought they would, they had a matchup. She's, I thought she was going to fight a Bantamweight, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I, I might, I might've misquoted. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I thought, I thought she was fighting Zara, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But anyways, um, yeah, so that, that is, is very exciting, uh, news, I think on, on the featherweight division. Do you find that you, that's your best way to, to, to compete at? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm five foot nine. Like I, my first professional fight I did at 135, and that was a really measurable experience. Yeah, I bet. Um, and I am when I was fighting the amateur. I mean, min- mainly because I felt like most of the opportunities were at 135 at the bantamweight division. I, I did one fight at 145, and then my other fights I did catch weights at 140. You know, just trying to see if I could get down. Um, and then I did the one fight at 135 and, um, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than most of the girls that are fighting at Bantamweight. Like, I don't think any of them are as tall as I am and I I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all. Yeah. That's a tough weight cut for somebody that tall. I remember, um, Peggy Morgan and people will be looking at her. How do you cut down to that? And I mean, I've, I've trained with Peggy, um, couple years ago whatever and she's like a big you know tall woman and to to cut down to what was it 135 I was like how do you do that even you know Dana Whitehouse or how the hell do you do but he's that bomb how do you do that so I can't even imagine like being asked actually to do that but I know women early on were doing it to have the fights. I mean, now there's more opportunity. Thank, thank goodness to, because of Invicta and, you know, Bellator actually is the UFC and there's others that are out there too, maybe not as well known, but that are are giving women the opportunity, which is awesome. So could you share a personal habit or a daily routine that contributes to your success as a fighter? I mean, I think to me, the one thing that has helped me the most is just taking some time to myself every day. Um, it's, it's a silly thing, but I mean, certainly important to me And that I, you know, working at the gym is, it's chaotic and there's people pulling you in every different direction at any moment. Um, and, you know, then I, I'm married, we've got uh, full custody of, of my stepdaughter. So and we have three dogs we have you know a lot going on here too and so uh to just be able to have a little bit of quiet time to myself every day to you know reflect to plan um is i think important 
So do you, when you reflect in your quiet time, is that more of like a meditative or just, you know, um, taking a nap and sitting under a tree and just kind of visualization and dreaming or what is it like for you? Uh, visual, I certainly do, do a lot of visualization, but, um, you know, just going through, uh, and I, I do some journaling too, but just, you know, going over what, what has been working, what has not been working, what my goals are for the future that I want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, decompressing a little bit, but, you know, like at the mm-hmm. gym, I teach a lot of the kids classes, which is fun. And I really enjoy teaching the kids, but you have to be really on. Oh yeah. You know, it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of um, yeah. going. Uh, so yeah, I can imagine. Some, some quiet time. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. And just chill. And uh, do you have a, like a favorite TV show that will help you chill out? Like something that you like to watch or something like that, that kind of just. I really don't watch online. TV. Um, wow. See there, there's a little thing that we didn't know. That's cool. You're so busy. That's why you don't have time. I, yeah. I do like Grey's Anatomy. That's the one show that I've actually seen every episode of. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't watch much TV. I don't have time for it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. you have a busy life. If you have three dogs, who blocks them? <laughs> yeah, we foster dogs too. So like right now I only have three, but I've had up to 10 before. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm a crazy dog lady. <laughs> You're a crazy dog lady. Wow. All kinds of different breeds, I, I, I'm, you know, assuming. So, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. did you have dogs growing up as a kid? Um, we did. I We always had one dog growing up. I don't, my parents weren't quite as crazy as I am. Um, we always had a lab growing mm-hmm. up. And then I had one dog for about 10 years and he was my bud. And it was just the two of us. I lived alone with him for a long time. And um, after I lost him, it was terrible. But uh, then I ended up getting my next dog through um, a rescue group that a friend of mine from high school started mm-hmm. and so then you know she would post things on Facebook that they were looking for fosters and I'm like oh you know we should foster dogs and wow. then I ended up liking some of the fosters so you know we call it foster fail um, <laughs> <laughs> now I have three permanent dogs and then we we usually foster one at a time but one time I accidentally pulled a pregnant Chewini from a shelter and then she multiplied and yeah. you had puppies I did I I had seven I kept one of them wow I was bothering him earlier because he was so one of them I couldn't quite get rid of and he's now my permanent oh look at him oh my goodness so cute <laughs> what's his name this is Doze Doze yeah wow what a pretty puppy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then we have like two enormous pit bulls oh my goodness yeah wow oh my goodness wow and they're so relaxed (laughs) (laughs) and they're like best friends these are gonna go snuggle together so you got like you got a pack (laughs) <laughs> yes, I don't know. I've got back. another star. She's probably outside. But yeah. Nice. It seems like a lot of um martial artists have dogs. A lot of uh, most of the most of the people that I've interviewed, they seem to have dogs or some sort of pets and, and like not just more than one, several. <laughs> dogs are It's the a best. pattern. <laughs> dogs are the best. They are. I had a few years ago when my kids were growing up on and off, but I, right now I, I do not have any animals and I, I, at some point I probably will get another pet, but I'm right now I'm like, I'm too in and out all the time that I don't know. It's, it'll happen maybe later on down the road, but I love seeing other people's pets. I, I'd probably be better at babysitting. I should probably start out the way you did. You know, take a foster. Yeah, fostering. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually a great idea. Then you end up a crazy dog lady with three of them. Yeah, yeah. 
You're like, oh no. Well, I recently saved a baby squirrel on the side of the, the sidewalk. It was a little teeny, like about this big. And I didn't know if it was a kitten or a rat or a squirrel. And I, I didn't think of it was a squirrel, but when I was looking for um, an animal rehabber, they're like, put a dime beside it. And they're like, oh, it's a squirrel. And I'm like, how can they tell? But he's still doing just fine. Found him in, I think it was in July. And he's still surviving. This woman down in Boston is taking care of him. But he's like this little, little guy. I'm like, oh, my God, he's making it. He had no fur on him or anything. And I'm like, just weird coincidence, you know, like kind of thing. I was like, he's on the sidewalk going, help me, help me. And I'm like, what do I do with this thing? What is it, you know? But that's my most recent animal story. So what would you, um, tell us a story of a time um, on your journey as a martial artist where you had an aha moment of realization. I mean, I, I think it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say, but I, I think honestly for me, my aha moment has been getting to put all the martial arts together and getting to train in MMA. Um, I've, you know, because I, I did start in karate and then I did the boxing for a long time and then I did jujitsu for a long time and to finally um, get to be competing in something where I get to put all of the different things together. It's been, it's been really a lot of fun for me. Yeah. How did it feel the first time when you got into competing like as a, uh, as a mixed martial artist in MMA, what was your, like your amateur kind of like the first time you got in the cage? What, what did that feel like to you to actually be able to use everything? It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, like I, you know, cause I started off in kickboxing and karate basically. And then I did boxing for so long. And like when I was boxing, it was like, especially when I first started, it was like, all I could think is like, don't kick, don't kick, don't kick, don't kick, put your feet on the ground. I never actually kicked anyone. I did raise my leg up at someone. Um, <laughs> and then like, it, you know, in jujitsu, I like, you know, then it's like, don't hit someone, don't hit someone. Mm -hmm. um, so to actually get to put everything together, it was uh, it was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it for sure. That's cool. Um, what are three goals for the next three years that you might have, either personal or business? Uh, I definitely I want to fight and win the Invicta title mm -hmm. um, because and I and I think Invicta has truly shown that they are bringing in the best you know, featherweight women. I think that is the top organization right now. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Cyborg's awesome, but I think she's leaving UFC, so it'll be interesting to see what she does. Um, and then I want to continue to grow our gym. And um, I don't know. I guess can have, keep my happy home. Yeah. Um, how about a story of a time on your journey where you experienced failure and what did you learn from it? I've failed a lot in martial arts and, um, and I think, and it's important that people know that. I mean, I know, you know, so like right now I'm undefeated in MMA. I've got the draw, which felt like a loss, but um, mm. you know, and a lot of people, most of, especially my students are used to seeing me win because I have won a lot of things. I've won a lot of national and international titles in different sports, but I've also lost and I failed. Um, you know, I tried to qualify for the Olympics in boxing and I failed. And I fought for the US title in kickboxing and I failed. Um, I've competed at the world in jiu-jitsu and I failed. Um, and any one of those moments I could have quit, you know, it could have been like, this is what I've been training for and I didn't get it and so I could have quit. But instead, I think I, you know, refocus my energy onto something else and letting those actually all come together. That's what's and they allowed me to be successful in MMA. Um, and so I, you know, I think it's important to, for people to know that when, when you do fail, when you do lose, you know, you get to decide is that the end or do you want to keep going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how important is it having resilience and courage, you know, to stay in the fight game? Well, you have to. I mean, if you if you beat yourself up over every loss, then, you know, there's only so far you can go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the greatest do fail because they, you know, they take on the hardest challenges. And so if you're going to challenge yourself, you're not always going to come out on top. 
mm-hmm. and then it's you know from that point how do you how do you react to it mm-hmm. yeah exactly um what has been your greatest challenge with when dealing with say fear and how how have you overcome it um i would say honestly i uh you know, training at Guy's Gym, as long as I have, I've been exposed to jiu-jitsu for a long time, but I, I hated it. I I would try a class here and there, and it's like, I don't understand why anyone would do this sport. There's a sweaty man on top of you, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you down, it's miserable. Um, and I, I mean, I'd seriously, I would try one class, and then I would not do it again for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was boxing and I I lost you know I was trying to qualify for the Olympics and I lost with the last Olympic qualifier I was absolutely devastated I mean I've been training four or six hours a day everything I've been doing is boxing you know and paying for myself to travel and um, compete at these tournaments and um, you know I came up short and it was heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and I decided to make myself start doing jujitsu after that. So um, the next week I went and I did jujitsu and I started doing jujitsu like twice a day, every day Mm. because I hated it um, because it was miserable to me. And um, (laughs) you know, a lot of people are like, why would you do something you hate? Well, because I thought it would make me stronger as a person. I thought it'd make me stronger as a martial art as a martial artist to go in and do something that made me so uncomfortable. Um, And then I had, so after like six weeks of training, I did my first jujitsu tournament, which, you know, most people train, I'd say a lot longer than that before competing. Um, And granted, you know, I was athletic and I was going in. It's not like I went in not knowing, you know, I knew what mount position was. I knew what guard position was. I knew what the basic positions were because I'd been exposed to it, but I hadn't really trained it. Mm-hmm. And then I went in and, you know, did really well in the jiu-jitsu tournament. And I won like all the divisions I did. Um, and it was, you know, taking what had been a weakness for me and what had been something that had, I mean, truly frightened me. And then, you know, now I've been able to use it as actually something that's a strength of mine. Mm-hmm. And and it really helped me, I think, get over the fear of competing again. Because when you work so hard for something um, and you lose and you come up short, like I did with boxing, it's you know you then you kind of lose the desire to compete. You lose mm-hmm. the it it makes it harder for you. And you know, what jujitsu gave me the opportunity to where it's you know I didn't have the high expectations. I would say you know it's like. I, I would go in thinking like, I'm not supposed to be good at this. Like I'm supposed to be good at the stand up. So what does it really matter if I lose in this? I didn't go and put as much pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And ended up, you know, really, I've had a lot of fun with jujitsu and I've done really well. I've won a lot of really cool titles and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've continued with it and enjoyed it. Mm. When you, when you're speaking about, you know, your losses, you know, these important ones that you were trying, you were shooting for a specific goal. And um, when you see like other, like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, throw out, you know, Ronda Rousey when she was kind of dismantled by Holly Holm and, and then she didn't appear in, in, you know, she wouldn't talk about it or anything like that. And can you identify with her like kind of, Stepping because what you're describing to me sounds like what maybe we were we observed as fans from her. Can you identify with that of her kind of kind of taking a step back and not didn't want to be around anybody and that that feeling where it kind of it's it's your heart that's affected, but is it soulful? Would you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when yeah. I mean when I lost in boxing after you know, for literally for two years, I had all of, I mean, I've trained six hours a day. All I was doing was boxing. All I was, you know, spending so much of my own money, you know, to travel, to be able to compete in these tournaments, um, you know, and winning a lot of things and doing really well. But like, you know, when it all, like at the culmination at the end of it, I lost. Mm. And it's like when everything in your life has been focused on this one goal for year, literally years, mm. and then you lose that, it's, I mean, it, it makes you question who you are. It makes you, um, 
and I and I can understand, you know, I understand why she didn't want to talk to people. I understand why, you know, she didn't want to do interviews and why she wanted to, you know, withdraw. But at the same time, it's, you know, and I think she kind of took it and channeled it into, okay, she wants, you know, now she wants to be married. She wants to have that life. She wants to live a different life, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets to make those choices. And ultimately, you know, she's fought at the highest level. Like, she's achieved yeah. a lot, you know, I think really arguably more than anyone else has an MMA so mm-hmm. if it's time for her to step back it's time for her to step back mm-hmm. I, you know for me I would never be able to go out on a note like that I mm-hmm. um you know for me I think I've used a lot of the you know the losses that I've had to you know come back stronger to come back in a different way to reinvent myself and to come back um you know, and maybe that's what she's doing with wrestling. I don't really pay too much attention to WWE, but, yeah. I, you know, I guess now she gets, you know, that outlet, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure she's making a lot more money. She's not really risking actually getting injured, so. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it makes sense for that that she went that route. It seemed to be, like, she talked about it even prior to her MMA career. I mean, she talked about it. She used to watch it. She, you know, like, she she was a fan. Um, and now she got a chance to play in it and she seems more like the entertainer, but as you know, as, as you, um, you know, evolve in, in your fight career and discovering these aspects of yourself where, you know, you had this shift, you know, you kind of, you know, this goal that you had to get into the Olympics and then you, you know, it, it, it kind of the pendulum swung and you got into something that you hated, like you didn't want to do. And do you, do you love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, or would you say you do? I do. Yeah, because yeah, you're a brown belt now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I mean, I've, it's so funny. For the longest time, I avoided it. Um, and I, I truly, I hated it. I hated everything about it. And now, I, you know, I really enjoy it. I, um, you know, I, it, and it's been it's been, you know, I think a big part of my game in MMA, which is funny because, you know, ultimately, like, I still think of myself as a striker more than I do as a ground player, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, I won the Nogi Pan Ams in Jiu-Jitsu, like, I won the Abu Dhabi Trials, I got to go compete in Abu Dhabi, like, I've won some really cool stuff in Jiu-Jitsu, and um, have had some awesome experiences from it, wow. and, uh, and I will say, like, Jiu-Jitsu, I think, especially, get, you know, it gives women and the smaller opponents so many more opportunities to be advantageous against the larger opponent. Like, mm. I mean, in boxing, I could hold my own with men, of, you know, a lot bigger than me. Um, mm-hmm. I think in boxing even, but not many women, I would say, would have those opportunities. Whereas in Jiu-Jitsu, there's a lot more opportunities like that. Mm. And uh, I, no, I enjoy it a lot. I have a lot of fun with it now. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, are you, would you say um, it developed your character as a fighter or as a human being differently than say maybe some of the other martial arts types of training that you've done? Um, I think jujitsu is more humbling than any other martial art. Yeah. Just that, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It, getting hit in the face is certainly humbling, but in jujitsu, like you're, going to lose every day like you're you know it, like when you're training in boxing like you're, you're not necessarily you're not going to spar every day if you spar every day in boxing you're going to end up hurt you know like so some days you're going to be mitts some days you're going to be bags some days you're going to be doing footwork drills and like you know there's days that like so you're going to feel really you know oh you just went and hit mitts and like you feel really good about it or um you know you yeah you might spar but like you're working more on like specific things and you're always going to get hit some in boxing, but it's not like when you're training, you're getting knocked out or anything. I mean, cause you shouldn't be sparring at that level. Whereas in jujitsu, like you're going to roll every day that you train and you're going to get submitted every day that you roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, I think I, and not everyone can handle that with jujitsu. I think that's why you see not as many people stick with it because mm-hmm. it is, it's hard on, I think, people's egos. But knowing, you know, getting used to that losing, getting used to that 
I mean, kind of figuring out that puzzle of like how to not lose as much. It, uh, I, I think it does build different things in you for sure. Yeah, that's those are great points. I I hadn't heard it said so well. You know, the, the whole losing thing every day. <laughs> it's really. I mean, if you're yeah. when you're rolling, if you're not getting submitted when you're rolling, then you're not yeah. rolling with people that are good and. <laughs> Uh, and, and you're not taking chances. I mean, I will say, you know, like when I, in jujitsu, I think it also gives you the opportunity to like put yourself in, you know, in boxing, you're not necessarily going to like let someone hit you so that you can be in a bat, like, you know, you've got to do your best to protect your head in boxing or in kickboxing, mm -hmm. but like in jujitsu, like if I'm going with someone that I know I'm better than, or I know I'm stronger than, like, you know, then I'm going to let them take my back, let them put me in an arm bar, let them put me in a bad position so that I can try to fight out of that position. Otherwise, I'm not going to get anything from rolling with them. Mm. Um, you know, so it, it just, it, it is, it, it certainly builds different things. Yeah. Wow. Who would you say has played a meaningful role in your life's journey and influenced you in a positive way? Um, I, you know, I'd have to say my father would be the biggest influence. Uh, my dad was a, uh, he was a Navy SEAL. He graduated, you know, he played football at SMU. Um, and then wow. his senior year, he actually tore his knee up and so he couldn't play football anymore. And so then he joined the, he um, became a cheerleader so that he could travel with the football team his senior year. Uh, and then he went and traveled through Europe. And when he came back, he was served with a draft card and he decided if he was, you know, could possibly be drafted, he'd rather enlist and do it the way he wanted to. And so they had just started up with um, the Navy SEALs then, and he was in the second ever SEAL class, and he graduated number one in his class. And then was a, um, he went, he thought by graduating number one, he'd get to like pick his assignment, and he ended up being a lieutenant commander in Vietnam. Um, you so know, and... So what is it about like um, his, his background as, um, as a military soldier and, and, you know, like, what did he give you? What, what, like, what did, what did you pick up from him? Like, you know, the grit, the, the toughness, you know, for, for a girl, you know, like a young girl coming up and seeing her dad and then picking that up and doing actually the things that you do. I just find this really fascinating because typically women aren't um, nurtured in this way and they are more so with say your generation coming up it wasn't so much when i even though when i was coming up we had some of these these um patterns in us as females but they weren't nurtured and they weren't um uh you know s supported i guess you know maybe a little bit in the family but definitely not outside the family so I'm, I'm curious to hear what, you know, what you felt as a young girl growing up that you did get from your dad. I mean, my dad taught me so much about perseverance, about grit, about, um, you know, my dad was the one that picked me up from school and took me to karate every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he made that a priority. He was the one that cheered me on at a very uh, karate tournament that I did. Like, you know, that's something that he certainly got a lot of joy in watching me do um and my sister is a swimmer I mean he did I think athletics in general was certainly more like his department than my mom's even mm -hmm. you know what I've told you about my mom she's not yeah. the most athletic one um <laughs> but, you know so that was certainly like the things that he you know wanted to be there for and was always present for um and yeah I mean he I I mean <laughs> It's funny, I think, I mean, he was always, like, in karate tournaments, when I first started competing in karate tournaments, um, like, they don't, until 13, I think, like, you're in co-ed division, so I, like, fought a lot of boys in karate tournaments, and so I beat a lot of boys in karate tournaments, and, like, my dad always loved that, like, that was something that, like, you know, he'd get, you know, so excited for, like, you know, um, and, you know, he enjoyed a lot, uh, I don't know. That's really cool. That's cool. That's cool to have that, that support from your dad. I think a lot of women seek that. Um, of course they have their mom's support. I think most girls have their moms, but they, they're, when they're out in the world, they're, they're looking for that masculine 
kind of uh, backbone when you're when you're out there and having a, a parent you know a dad to do that I think is significant in the development of a woman being um, confident and and successful and I guess the reason why I'm asking these questions is so when we have when people are listening and actually other moms or other men that are listening and if they have daughters that they're going to be like oh well this is what's going to make my daughter successful because this is what this this woman and look at her career and these things do factor into your success as uh, my opinion is this is my opinion it, to your success and having that 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 structure or that parental support on both sides the male and the female aspect of it and i really think that adds to your your success as as um you know a fighter now and and in your career path and being supported in something that's completely unconventional for women. I mean, it still is, um, even though there's, there's a lot more opportunity for women to, to do this, this sort of um, uh, career path as, as a fighter and as, as a mixed martial artist and as a teacher and instructor in a gym. Uh, I, I didn't even get into that with you, what challenges, although I suspect because you're under Guy Mesner, he had a lot of faith in you to teach, but you must have at some point been questioned on, you know, you know, somebody coming into the gym and, you know, is she actually good enough to teach me or, you know, it, you must have had some of that. Daily, daily. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's anybody I haven't interviewed as a woman that hasn't experienced that sort of thing where you have to kind of prove yourself. I, I think guys get that too. You know, they'll they'll get that too, but not as much as a woman will, especially in what you're doing. Um, how do you see yourself as a role model for girls um, or young women coming up? I mean, I think it's important to for women to be aware that they are role models and that there are people watching them they need to be aware of you know how they conduct themselves um i think that's one thing that like bothered me about Rhonda when she i don't know disappeared after her loss is that you know there's so many people that are watching you um and you have to be cognizant of that and you have to be aware of that and i think you know because i have been teaching and especially teaching kids for so long i've that's something that i'm you know, used, I don't know, I maybe more used to than that. Uh, but it's, you know, it's making sure you are setting the right example. And it's making sure that, uh, you know, and I know that what we are doing now is opening the door for even more women in the future. Mm -hmm, for so sure. Hopefully these girls, you know, I, I didn't get to grow up watching any women fight on TV. I didn't get to grow up, mm -hmm. um, you know, really seen any women in martial arts even as long as I've been in martial arts and so um, I'm glad that the girls that I teach get to see a female instructor and they get to see you know uh, the women fighting on tv and um, I hope it just means that there's going to be more fighting in the future yeah same here it's like such an awesome thing now because I know I didn't grow up with it either and I the only thing I remember was Billie Jean King you know in tennis and then had a match against Bobby Riggs <laughs> And that was like the big thing. And it was like, a woman can actually do that? Wow, you know, like, I mean, that was huge. But um, that's how old I am. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Um, this is a question I ask all, all my guests on the show is where, um, were you ever told no uh, or kept from doing something that you wanted to do because you were a woman? And how did you handle it? I mean, I think, of course, all women have been told no, but to be kept from doing something, like, absolutely not. Um, and and I think it does go back to having, you know, the kind of father I had and even training under the kind of instructor I trained with Guy, that I've had an incredible support group that would never let me hear something like that um, or that would never support anyone that would say something like that to me so um i remember actually like when i was in fifth grade i did a karate tournament and i won and i came back to school and i was talking to the you know pe teachers about it and um i was like oh yeah there's a karate tournament and i won first place and i yeah i beat some boys and one of the um the pe coach was like 
yeah, but like, were the guys like really trying as hard as they could? And I was like, yeah, like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, but I mean, real, like, you think the guys, if they were really trying as hard as they could, like, you know, that you could beat them? And I was like, yeah, I did beat them. And they were like, oh, but really, were they doing everything they could have? And so when I went home and I told my dad that, and my dad was like, oh, hell no. And so my dad, you know, marched right up to the school and raised hell. And then, I don't know, I think the entire athletic department had to go through some sort of like sexism training or something. Awesome. Um, wow. I love your dad. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. Um, and I don't, so again, I think, have I heard things like that? Yes. Wow. But at the same you time. You must have been like, thanks dad. Like he had your well, back. Wow. I mean, well, my dad always had my back. My dad always yeah. had my back. And, and again, and guys always have my back. And so to have, I, I think I've been really lucky in that I've had incredibly strong men around me that mm. are not going to tolerate things like that. And so I, I don't, I haven't had to deal with that as much as maybe some others would. That's so awesome. And what's really significant about that is there are, you know, there are, there's a lot of women who haven't had that. And to hear that a woman having that, and it also is another aspect of success. So you dads out there, this is a huge thing for your daughters to be able to do that and, and to stand behind your daughter when she's doing something that is unconventional and and um saying hey no this is wrong don't don't you know diminish my young girl my daughter my girl and and second guess her so she self-doubts herself and because I, I know even you know at my age now there's there's times where I've, I've overcome it through my martial arts training but you know like if you're having even a conversation with a person you end up sell sometimes they might question you on it and i know i've had this happen to me a couple times and i'm like no that's what this the, that or the other thing is and i i'm not second guessing myself anymore but early on in my you know my teens or in my college years i was second guessing myself and this leads to a lot of you know choices that probably could be made that doesn't work out for for women. So that's a huge thing that your dad did that for you. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. And that's a very cool story. I'm glad you shared it. And it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. I, I actually can't even wait to have you back on after another fight of yours. I can't wait to see what you do. And um, we're going to make a pact and have you on the show again, because you're a cool chickie. And <laughs> I love seeing what you do. I, you, your last fight too was awesome. I know it's not the outcome you wanted, but um, you definitely made a statement and you're going to be remembered for the headbutt. <laughs> and and um, it's all good. It's all good. And um, is there any... Um, any uh, parting words of wisdom that you want to send out there or maybe uh, remind fans of where they can find you on, on social media and, um, or any shout outs to sponsors or anything like that? The floor is yours. Um, fans can certainly find me on Instagram. It's Audrey D. Wolf. And I've got an athlete page on Facebook. You can follow me there. Audrey Wolf MMA, I think is it. Um, I've got thank you to my awesome sponsors, uh, Black Box Stocks, CSM Mobile, Versa Climber, uh, Smart Shop Storage, and uh, KO Reps, and then Train Up the Best Gym at the World, Guy Messers Combat Sports Club. Uh, if you're ever in Dallas, come check us out. And so thank you so much, everyone, for the support. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to the next one. I promise it'll be a better show. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing you fight. You're, you're a great fighter and uh, obviously a great person too. And looking forward to speak with you again sometime soon. And your next fight, whenever it will be, we'll be watching. You got a fan out of me and that headbutt. I was like, I'm a fan. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> you know, I mean, even though it didn't, I was like, damn, I like this girl. <laughs> Great fighter. So um, thanks again for being on the show. This was 
this was uh, Audrey Wolf and looking forward to seeing you fight again and good luck to you. And I hope you feel better. And thanks for spending the hour here too while you weren't feeling well. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So, wow, that was, that was a great interview with uh, Audrey Wolf. I am really amazed at, you know, the years of training that, that she's done and the character development too in, within the martial arts. Um, definitely a great person and looking forward to seeing her fight again and seeing how she progresses in Invicta in the featherweight division and, um, you know, getting those fights with some of the other women, like say Pam Bam Sorensen or, or some of the other ones that are going to be on that show in the up and coming months. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in that featherweight division. So if you liked what you heard today and are eager to hear more, remember to subscribe on iTunes or better yet, you can 10X your energy without destroying your body with um, my three-part video series. You can sign up online at evolvewmma.com. And with that too, you'll be put on an email list that you'll get uh, these episodes and updates on future episodes coming up. And you can now see us on YouTube so you can see me and my guest chit-chatting and um yeah you could find that at women's mma on youtube and then we also have a patreon page so we are looking for patrons and um yeah subscribe to it uh donate there's um opportunities for sponsors if they'd like to sponsor the show would definitely like to have that because i like to see this grow i could use some help with it and then i'm also um you know, I just did a recap with Pam Bam Sorensen of Invicta 31, and I'd like to do another one come um, for Invicta 30, 32, and probably have maybe another one of the fighters on to, to chit chat about that, that. But I need kind of, what am I gonna call it? It needs a name. Um, you know, is it like, you know, you know, Evolve WMMA wrap up, or is it, I don't know, I need a name, like, you know, you know, the fight news or something. I need kind of a thing that I could publish, you know, maybe once a month or once an event when Invicta comes out or maybe, you know, once a week, but need a name. So how about a little contest? We'll put it out there for you uh, fans to come up with a name and whoever comes up with the best name, I will send a t-shirt. Check it out. Nevertheless with an official uh, logo on the back that says Evolve MMA. So how about that? So, I think that's all I got. <laughs> oh yeah, you can find us on Facebook where you'll find this contest on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelly Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.